There, there was an old woman on Mount Tai path. <coughs> a monk asked her, what is the path to Mount Tai? How do you say that? Ksenia, you've been around the world. Tai or Tay? Tai? And, tai, uh, tai. Tai, okay. Tai, tai. Well, well, I saw the different version. Some of them Tai. I know. Actually, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You mean where it says the whole, a different mountain? Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, Mount Tan, uh, Tanshine. The, yeah, right. The, uh, and I don't know why it's Thai here, but I guess, you know, they, as they travel around the world, they travel with different translations. and then, Right. Yeah, it doesn't okay. matter, I think. There was an old woman on the Mount Thai path. A woman asked her, what is the path to Mount Thai? Oops, I, I'm really screwing up. There was an old woman on the Mount Thai path. A month monk asked her where is the path to mount tai the old woman said narrator go straight ahead the monk went on the woman said my dear reverend you go to you too go off like that monks came one after another asked the same question and received the same answer Later, one of the monks told Zhao Zhu about it. Zhao Zhu said, Wait, here for a while. Let me check her out. He went to the woman and said, Where is the path to Mount Tai? The woman said, Go straight ahead. Zhao Zhu went on. The woman said, My dear reverend, you too go off like that. Zhao Zhou came back and said to the assembly, I have, I have checked, checked out, out. I have checked out that old woman for you. <laughs> so we were talking about the koan a little this morning and, and Nelda reminded us of what, uh, Malen and I, of what um, uh, we read in Buddhist action now. What is the one road to Yuman, personal experience? What is the way? Go. What is the road? Where is the way? Begin walking it. And in these, in the, I'm sure uh, those of you who have been in such places um, where you don't have a navigation thing on your phone and you don't have a map, you get places by asking people which way to go. And then if they're a teacher, they're not going to tell you um, exactly what you want to hear. You know, like I had this teacher who would say, listen to everyone and believe no one. So you don't have a lot of uh, help from outside yourself. But anyway, what did we get? I'll go back to the... Uh... Mm. Melissa? Are you there? Uh-huh. What did you uh, come up with? I'll read it to you. Um, I wonder what the old woman was thinking as these many monks kept asking for directions. It doesn't say that there was a splitting of the path where she sat. No indication that direction was needed. Go straight ahead. No indication of how far either. Just go straight ahead. Basically saying, keep on the path you're on. You're too, you too go off like that. Like what? I think she was saying you too need to stay on the path. But why reverend? Was he not a monk? A reverend implies a priest, but it could be, it could also imply a need for reverence as you go straight on the path. Why was it assumed the woman knew the way? Why did no one ask her why she was there? She could have just have been dropped off and was waiting for someone to show her the way to somewhere else, uh, show her the way to somewhere else entirely. And why are all these monks trying to get to the same place? Is this a wisdom path or a test to see if everyone follows the possible leader or group? What would you do? What would you do? I I would have talked to the woman to find out 
kind of you know the lay of the land and what was going on and why she was there and she'd probably hit you with her stick i think so i'm sure <laughs> she would have said just go 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 straight ahead <laughs> don't, don't, do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. um yeah i don't know she just seems a curious figure to me uh milan didn't write anything what do you think which way would you go which way are, are you going that's another question <laughs> straight <Good> ahead Ksenia. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I, I I'm like on and off. My my Wi-Fi is usual. Oh. My famous Wi-Fi. Yeah, so I'm trying to catch that. Well, I I I started to write. It's like just like to write, and I realized that this woman was there also first time, and she didn't know the road either, and she just. That uh, showed this direction uh, because all roads leads to the same to the top of the mountain. Doesn't matter. You're on the foot of the mountain. All road you if you go, it's just so. She just I don't know. <laughs> this was my <laughs> my my idea that doesn't matter which path you take, it still brings you to the same uh, goal if you uh, really wants to get there. So. <laughs> my version <laughs> I like that I like that true. Like my, my... I, I had this idea that she walked from the mountain food like I like I can write like read the beginning so there was an old woman on the mountain mountain path she's been there for a while she walked up from the mountain food up to the first village where she sat in front of the house she has never seen before it just so happened that the same day, the Buddhist monk from Vajrayana Zen sect, I guess it's Vajrayana, walked up the same pathway. He also was there for the first time. He wanted to know the direction. Uh, he asked her if she knows the way. She told him, sure, go straight ahead. You won't be lost. Although they're both here for the first time, all paths here lead straight to the mountain top. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> it's perfect. just like whatever. It just popped him up. I was like, "This is logical, maybe." What uh, was uh, what was that you just read? Was that from the commentary? I just no. wrote it. Ah, uh, you just wrote. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. My my son and I were on a mountain road, and um, it was getting dark, and we wanted to get back off the mountain and you would think there were a lot of logging roads around on this mountain and you would think that you could you'd come to a fork and one would be going up and one would be going down and you'd think that the one going down would be the one going down but sometimes it was the opposite but it was while i had um this is before um bones I think, but I had this thing, Nuvi, which was a, you know, GPS thing, and it mm -hmm. knew the mountain, and we followed it, and it, it got us down. Otherwise, I don't, we'd st probably still be there, you know, 10 years later, <laughs> how many, 15 years later, but it was. Why not? Maybe you, you would enjoy it. Who, who knows? Oh. <laughs> you know, from everything, what is happening right now, maybe top of the mountain or whatever it is, it, yeah. it could be a nice place yeah. to be. <laughs> <laughs> and Nandia, are you are you still uh, zoned out? I'm here. Um, yeah. Um, I think uh, as human creatures, we. Um, tend to ask questions and we like reassurance that uh, 
we're going the right way. Um, and um, so I reflected on that and also um, Yeah, it's not clear if uh, she's just hanging out or she's also moving along because it says there was an old woman on the path. Um, uh, I, I also was thinking about uh yeah I, I can't articulate myself very well right now so i'm gonna stop okay that's all right I'm still here. there's a um here's another translation on the road to Teishan, there lived a certain woman yeah okay so th that doesn't work <laughs> yeah so that makes well so what does the rest changes of the translation it. say Oh, I'll read it. Whenever a monk asked her, which way does the road to Tashan go? The woman would say, right, right straight on. So it's the road to the mountain. Uh, as soon as the monk would go, the woman would say, a fine priest. He goes that way too. A monk told Zhao about this. Zhao said, wait till I check out that woman. Zhao also <laughs> asked the woman the same question the next day. He went up in the hall and said, I've checked out the woman for you. Hmm. So, so the only added information we have is about, you know, that she lived there on the path. So, so I did uh, this. So oh, go on. Ksenia, was that you? No, 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 no. It's okay. oh. I was just thinking if he if he checked her out, that means he trust. Yes. Oh, okay, well, I will switch off video maybe a little bit better. Yeah, our commentary talks about that, and it's interesting how um, how we jump to conclusions, and how we need to have you know like either he checked her out or that she was okay or she wasn't okay or uh or we don't know so here's a drawing so he, go on so, so. no 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 please show us the drawing okay okay mm -hmm. so here's the drawing here's the drawing of the woman in the hut i think she's in front of a hut go straight ahead i've checked out that old woman lots of missing information should i follow the instructions Zhao Zhou must get, I don't know what that means. Uh, is she playing with the monks? Now, I never uh, have, I kind of take it as being a little sarcastic. Uh, uh, yeah. The women, Oh, I put Zazo must get must get the woman, but can he summarize the teaching? Hmm. You know, other than giving a whole discourse, could he really say the the complexity of the situation? Which I think will be clearer as we read. The commentary. Um, now, in this particular uh, translation, there's 10 little um, comments for each one. So, how can I do this? Let's try this. Each one, what? For each line. Ah. Uh. I'm going to put the, if, if this will work, oh, here we go. Okay, so I can read them now as for line one, oops, 
How did that happen? Okay, so for line one, it's, the, the comment is, it's, these are called footnotes. South of the North Pole, north of the South Pole, you can't miss it. A comment two is, she is being helpful, but not in the way one might think. Footnote three, for the monk went on, uh, he does not know how deep the mud is right under his feet. So we have no idea about a path, is the way I take it, until we walk on it. You know, people often go into relationships like that, where it looks perfect, right? And then there's mud. I love the uh, direction south of the North Pole, north of the South Pole, you can't miss it. That's so great. It's like, just go and the path you're on is the path. Footnote four. The woman said, my dear Reverend, you, you too go off like that. Okay. And it's, she hits him with a mud ball right in the back of the head. That's the commentary or the footnote. She hits him with a mud ball right in the back of, it, of the head. So at least in the footnote, it's a little bit like she's playing with him or she's trying to uh, shock him into some kind of uh, understanding. <laughs> and then five, monks came one after another, asked the same question, received the same answer. And the comment is, uh, it must be said she is she is dependable. We're always saying the same answer. Uh, six. Later, one of the monks told Zazo about it, and Zazo said, <coughs> "Wait here for a while. Let me check her out." And the comment is, he needs to check the eye of the source. Seven. Go straight ahead, got it, but say, what does Zalzo see? Eight, when Zalzo went on, when the wind blows, the reeds bend. I don't understand that. Does anyone understand that? When the re wind blows, the reeds bend. This life goes on, I, things happen. Uh, the woman said, my dear Reverend, you too go off like that. And the footnote is, he doesn't seem to mind the mud on his sandals. And this is interesting. For the last line, I've checked out that old woman for you. Now the old, whole assembly has grown horns. And there's also this capping verse. Well, there's a commentary, a short commentary, and then we'll read a longer one. If the old woman's eye was really open, why did she say, go straight ahead? Then again, if she did not have an eye, why did she say, my dear Reverend, you too go off like that? If you're able to see how clearly Zalzo saw through the old woman, then you will also see the old woman see that the old woman saw through Zazo as well. But so it's kind of like a duel, like we see in other koans. But say, what is it that Zazo saw? If you take a bite out of this point, then I will conclude you have eaten the full meal. And the capping verse. But the question is asked, you have already arrived. Before taking a step, you were already home. Okay, and here's. And we'll read it again. We will read this. What? Oh, what? 
The capping of what is that? Capping knot? I'm not sure what you're saying. <clears throat> Can you scroll a little bit? Oh, there. the capping verse. Yes. Yeah. Before the question is asked, you have already arrived. Before taking a step, you are already home. Thank you. Okay, so let's take turns reading paragraphs. Uh, so we'll go alphabetical. <coughs> um, I'll go first. 300 koans Shobok Denzo is a collection of koans gathered by Master Dogen during his study in China. The koans from this collection, often called the Chinese Shobogenzo, appear extensively in the essay of Dogen's Japanese Shobogenzo. Genzo. These koans have not been available in English translation, but is currently being translated and prepared for publication by uh, Tanahashi and Lori. Abbot Lori has added a commentary, capping verse, and footnotes to each koan. So I don't understand why it says that because some are available in other like other translations. Okay, so um, Ksenia, can you read? Yes, <clears throat> Master Jojo, uh, Japanese Joshua, uh, was a spiritual descendant of Nankian, Japanese Nansen. He lived in China in ninth century, spending most of his years as a teacher in a small town of Jiaozhou, from which he took his name. Though he settled in Jiaozhou, he didn't maintain a temple. He didn't even accept the temple when it was offered to him by the town officials. He threatened to leave the area if he was forced to comply. Later, a traveling monastic came through the region and planted thousands of trees, creating a beautiful grove. There, Zhao Zhu finally established a permanent teaching place and remained for the rest of his life. The town of Zhao Zhu and the Groove Temple were located in the vicinity of Mount Tai, the sacred mountain central to this koan. Shall I read next? Melissa? Mount Tai, or Tai Shan in Chinese, was one of the five holy Buddhist mountains in China. It was reputed to be the home of Manchuri, the Manjushri. Buddhist Manjushri. Manjushri. Manjushri, yeah. Yes. The Bodhisattva of wisdom and a frequent destination of pilgrimages by both monks and lay practitioners. To accommodate the throngs of travelers, many temples were built on Mount Tai. This koan about an old woman in Shaozhu presents a wonderful opportunity to deepen our practice of how to work with traditional koans. Frequently, our tendency when confronting a barrier is to respond to what, respond to what is on the surface. When we practice koans, we often only deal with what is immediate, immediately provided by the translator. We rarely investigate other sources and dig, be dig below the surface. And there is always a lot more to a koan or any barrier for that matter than first meets the eye. Uh, Nadia? Yeah, I'm, I'm not reading. Okay. And then, uh, so uh, I'm next. Often central parts of the ancient koans were extracted from other sources. The masters who create koan collections use source materials that were familiar to the people who were studying these koans. They were presented within a known cultural and historical matrix. The teachers assumed that listeners had a grounding in basic principles of Buddhism and local folklore. For us, 10 centuries later, the challenge is to uncover the full spectrum of the koan, its depth, breadth, and depth. In on, this, on the surface of this koan, we have an old woman who made a living selling tea on the roadside 
heading for the Mount uh, Tai. She would tell monastics on the pilgrimage to go straight on when they asked her for directions to Mount Tai. Her answer was always the same, go, go right ahead. After they took a few steps, she would exclaim loud enough for them to hear, you look like a good monk, but here, there you go off like that. One of these monastics told Zhao Zhu about his encounter with an old woman. So Zhao Zhu agreed to check the old woman out. He came back and told his monastics, I've seen through the old woman. But he didn't say what he saw. That's where the koan ends and many commentators stop there. When I first... You know, I, I think it's just so interesting that um, for years it was believed that that there was this one path if you wanted to be successful and that was you go through high school and you go through college and then you get a a, a job in what you're trained to do and <laughs> now uh people do very different things right than taking that path so um but it used to be a really go straight ahead and if you didn't succeed in college you'd be kind of lost you wouldn't have a chance. Ksenia, did you do all your traveling after college? Yes. <laughs> Much later, after my divorce. Anandia, how about you? You did a lot of traveling. Did you do that after uh, college? Uh, I did it. No, I did it during college and then I did it in between, I stretched out college a little bit and then I did a lot after. I did it all the time, except now. But anyway, the go straight ahead is what many people believe was the only way. Very true. I really enjoyed that sentence. I have seen through the old woman eye. Through the old woman, I, I, I added, I, I'm sorry, I was thinking mm -hmm. on that, but um, I think it's beautiful. Uh, following what uh, Nandia said at the beginning, that um, when we ask for reassurance, or maybe just not reassurance, but for whatever we are looking for, and what we get is to look through someone else's eye. It's a, it's, it, there's more, t um, that's a different statement to me than I have checked out the woman for you. I have seen through the, if someone says I see th through, right, there's kind of a negative connotation. I took it literally, and then I make my own oh, story about this site. That's fun. <laughs> but yeah. but um, when I ask you something and you give me your answer, is what you are seeing, feeling, um, understanding, etc. So I thought that was, well, positive for me. I like that interpretation. I've seen through the old woman. Through her eyes. Yeah. Could be the mind, but doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, who's reading now? Uh, I think I am. Okay. When I started to explore this koan, the first thing that caught my attention was the old woman. Who was she? Old women appear in various koans, frequently acting as catalysts of awakening for unsuspecting travelers. They are never identified, remaining nameless, yet clearly showing some appreciation of the Dharma. The most famous of them was the rice cake seller who challenged Master Dasan in Dharma combat, bringing to life his doubt and facilitating the beginning of a real spiritual search.
The old woman, women in Chinese Zen history were often matriarchs whose children had grown up or whose families had been destroyed in the turbulent times of war and famine. Famine. You know, that's hunger. Yeah. They no longer had any family responsibilities and many entered monasteries. Monasteries. In, in fact, Iron Grindstone Liu, a successor of Master Gishan and an important teacher, was such a Zen adept. Many other women must have completed their studies and some of them must have started temples. But we know very little about the history of women in the Dharma, mainly because the translators and historians have been men who tended to ignore the accomplishments of women. There are still relatively few women Buddhist scholars, but as more and more appear in the scene, we will often we will find out much more about their history of women in Zen and Buddhism. After realizing themselves, many Chinese women entered hermitages in the mountains. They would build a hermitage and live out their lives practicing alone. Some of them, evidently, <coughs> ended up as innkeepers along roadsides, making a living by selling refreshments and taking care of travelers along popular pilgrimage routes. This particular woman of Taishan is said to have been a traveling companion of Wushu, Japanese Mujaku, accompanying him in and out of the temples on Mount Tai. We are told that she had fully gotten into Manjushri's saying, front three, three, three back three, three. What does it mean? I'm sorry. I don't know. I've ah, okay, okay. I thought maybe. It's <laughs> Can you read that again? I think I didn't hear it right. Okay. No, we you did. I think you did. <laughs> we are told. Okay. We are told that she had fully gotten into Manjushri's saying, front three, three, back three, three. Wushu was a successor of Yangshan, Japanese Kyosan. Kyosan, who was in the lineage of Gishan, Japanese Isan. That lineage became known as the Gishan School, Japanese Igyo School of Zen, one of the five major schools of Tang Dynasty. Yangshan was its co-founder and Wushu was one of his successors. The woman of Taishan either studied with Wushu formally or went on pilgrimage with pilgrimages with him. I like how commentaries make it even more, <laughs> even more perplexed. <laughs> more and more and more. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wak Su appears in Case Thirty Five of Blue Cliff Records. In that koan, he's portraying he's portrayed during a visit to Mount Tai. When he came upon a wild and rough area of the mountain, how do you say this again? Manjushri. 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 Manjushri appeared to him, created a temple, and took him in for the night. During an evening conversation, Manjushri asked Waksu. Where have you come from? Waksu answered, from the south. Manjushri continued, how is the Buddhist teaching doing in the south? Waksu said, monks of the last age have little regard for rules of discipline. Manjushri said, how numerous are the congregations? Waksu replied, some 300, some 500. And then asked Manjushri, how is the Buddha Dharma here? Manjushri said, Ordinary people and sages are dwelling together. Dragons and snakes are intermingled. Dragons are enlightened beings and snakes are deluded beings. 
In Manjushri's place, they intermingle and live in perfect harmony. Waksu said, how numerous are the congregations here? Manjushri answered, front three, three, back three, three. So Manjushri also was talking with koans. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it must have has been uh, so great to live in that time when Manjushri was there. And then I could have definitely buy tea from the lady and ask her. <laughs> Probably I should have decided to believe her answer. Yeah. Wuxu did not ask this question in front of Manjushri. He no, no, no. After having the dialogue. Oh, sorry. After having this dialogue, Wuxu and Manjushri sat down to have a cup of tea. Manjushri held up a crystal tea bowl and showing it to Wuxu asked, Do they have this in the south? Wuxu answered, No. Manjushri said, What do they usually use to drink tea? Wuxu was speechless. Embarrassed, he began to take his leave. Manjushri ordered a young acolyte to see him to the gate. When they got there, Wuxu asked the boy. Before Manjushri said, front three, three, back three, three, how many is this? Um, uh, Wushu did not ask this question in front of Manjushri, 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 I don't know. He didn't want to appear stupid. That happens frequently in Dokusan, the face-to-face -face teachings. I give instructions and people nod their heads, but they have no idea what I'm talking about. They live with no communication having happened. Later, one can hear them in our dining hall, engaged uh, in a lively but misguided discussion about the Dharma. In the same way, Wushu inquired of the boy, not Manjushri, front 3-3, three, three, back 3-3, three, three. how many is this? The boy answered, oh, worthy? Wushu responded, yes, yes. The boy said, how many is this? Wushu didn't understand and asked, what temple is this? The boy pointed and then Wushu turned his head to look. The illusory temple and the boy vanished <laughs> and the place turned into an empty valley. I think they had the very good mushrooms there, you know, guys. <laughs> it also is like um, reminding me of Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. It's a great math problem, isn't it? And also universal question or answer. Like whenever you and someone is asking you, you just front three three, back three three. <laughs> and then yeah. this is like universal answer to everything. Yeah. And you just say it very, you know, forcefully. So. But then when uh, yeah. one is just in this one's place right if you mm -hmm. go front three three and back three three you are exactly where you stood mm -hmm. not moving right where you started from yes i wonder if it's a dance obviously at the time oh. when the encounter in this koan took place wuzu had no idea what was going on Years later, after his practice matured and he realized himself, he was working as a cook at one of the temples on Mount Tai. It was said he was able to see within the <laughs> phrase, there is both provisional and there is real, there is principle and there is phenomenon. He was able to see the merging that Vanjushri was pointed to, dragons and snakes intermingled, sages and uh, <coughs> mediocracies, Someone know how to say that word? Mediocrities. Mm -hmm. Mediocrities. Oh, okay. Being 
Yeah. Can you highlight? Where are you? Mediocrities is like the people. People, medi yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, mediocre yeah. people. Yeah. Yes, mediocre. Yeah. yeah, living together. It's not one side. It's not the other side. It's not up. It's not down. It's not absolute. It's not relative. By the time Luzu was working on Mount Tai as a cook, <coughs> his appreciation and trust had evolved enough so that whenever he was cooking and Manjushri appeared in the steam rising out of the rice pot, Wuzu would take the ladle and chase Manjushri out of the kitchen. <laughs> I think Ksenia has it right about the mushrooms. <laughs> at, at the time of the... The first meeting with Manjustri, though, Wuzu was pretty immature, <laughs> and Manjustri's subtle teachings were wasted on him. <laughs> the oh old woman, goodness. yeah, the old woman of Mount Tai, on the other hand, did fully get into a comprehend Manjustri's front three three back three three. One reference to this woman was that she had an iron hook in her hand. When she addressed the monks heading to Mount Tai, she held his, this hook. How many intelligent monks did she ensnare with it? In Chinese, the character that is used for hook is also used for the Abhidharma, an important part of the can canon that deals with Buddhist psychology. Abhidharma means regarding reality, iron hook, hints at there with this woman was coming from. Mm. Mount Tai mm. represents Manjustri's wisdom and knowledge. It is known as a pure and cool natural sanctuary. When someone is saying, where is Mount Tai? There could be more to the question than inquiry about its geographical location. It could be a question regarding the meaning of Manjushri's wisdom. Wisdom is not a, that is not an accumulation of knowledge, but rather, but is is a matter of seeing the nature of self and reality. That's why we call it wisdom beyond wisdom. So it's not like the Encyclopedia yeah, Britannica. <laughs> Melissa, I also go so, on. Sorry, I also wonder, like, um, uh, considering the difference of the language and especially writing language, I mean, uh, the you, uh, the your hieroglyphs. I don't know how you say them in Japanese and Chinese. Yes, they are very. Um, I, I think there also could be some kind like this this with the in uh, in Chinese the character for it used for hook and it also used for abhidharma and I wonder how much in the text original text if uh, uh, something uh, was uh, uh, like hidden there you know yeah i had a friend um mm -hmm. he he's passed away but he knew ancient chinese and and we worked together i mean i didn't do anything he he translated some koans and showed the characters and showed the literal meaning and then showed how it's been translated mm -hmm. and and things that were missing like as in in the koan i remember does a dog have buddha nature there was a line having been asked, does a dog have Buddha nature? And I always thought that was really significant because sometimes when you you respond in a certain way because you're asked the question. Right. Um, but anyway, I couldn't sell that idea to anyone. But um, <laughs> but uh, we have in our in our journal for Zen writing some of his translations early on and. Um, Sometime we could uh, read those and, and look at the characters and see how the literal translation is different from the more poetic translation. Mm. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Interesting. Um, where are we? The footnotes. Um, the, the footnotes, thank you. The footnotes to this koan. Well, did we read this one, Amanda, uh, Mount Tai? 
I don't think so. Well, I don't think so. I think you're correct. So. Uh, Mount Tai represents Majishu Shri's wisdom and knowledge. It was known as pure and cool natural sanctuary. When someone is asking, where is Mount Tai? There could be more to the question than oh, the I'm inquiry. We, we did read this, but go on. I'm sorry. That's okay. The inquiry about its geographic location. It could be a question regarding the meaning of Monsieur's wisdom, wisdom that is not an accumulation of knowledge, but is a matter of seeing the nature of the self and reality. The footnotes to this koan clarify its teaching. The koan starts, there was an old woman on the Mount Tai path. A monk asked her, where is the path to Mount Tai? The footnote to that says, south of the North Pole, north of the South Pole, you can't miss it. The old woman said, go straight ahead. The footnote says she is being helpful, but not in the way one might think. The monk went on. The footnote adds, he does not know how deep the mud is right under his feet. Those three comments tell you nearly everything you need to know about this koan. The woman said, my dear reverend, you too go off like that. The footnote says she hits him with a mud ball right in the back of his head. Monks came one after another and asked the same question and received the same answer. The footnote says it must be said she is dependable. Later, one of the monks told Zazu about it, and Zazu said, wait here for a while. Let me check her out for you. The footnote says he needs to check the eye of the source. Zazu is not going to just take their word for it. He needs to examine the situation for himself. He needs to ask some questions. The eye of the source... This is an interesting way to. Mm -hmm. He went to the old woman and, uh, and said, Where is the path to Mount Tai? The woman said, Go straight ahead. The footnote says, Got it. But say, What did Zazu see? Zazu went on. The footnote says, when the wind blows, the reeds bend. Go straight ahead, and Zazu goes, stop there, and he stops. Turn right, and he turns right. Zazu was just responding to the instructions. The woman commented, my dear reverend, you took off like that. The footnote says, he doesn't seem to mind the mud on his sandals. So to do, did not mind the mud. One problem is that we do mind the mud. We don't like the dirt, the complications, the confusion. For us, mud is usually the setbacks. The places we get stuck are failures. The Buddha said, <coughs> all sentient beings are perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And somehow we hear, hear that as total absence of mistakes. We are never supposed to fail. The simple fact is that is impossible. There is <coughs> no such thing as lack of failure if you are a living being. Uh I just remember this no mud, no lotus phrase. I, I don't know if Titnatham was saying it, but no, famous no Buddhist. No, no mud, no lotus. No mud, no lotus. Oh. Like lotus grows oh. from the mud. So like the I say the, no mud, yeah. no lotus. Okay. No lotus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank okay. you. Okay. Part of ah uh, no. We're, we're supposed to when people ah, okay. very top. Uh, when people come to train at the monastery, 
which is essentially a furnace that's specifically designed to burn off all of the extra, life can become very difficult for them if they expect not to fail. Students who do koan study here have to be prepared for thousands of rejections, not one or two. That's the kindness that's given. When I did this, I just did one one workshop, one intensive with a Rinzai teacher, but and the question was, what is it? And we would line up and go to her and start to talk, and she'd ring the bell, and then we'd have to leave and come back, you know, a few hours later. So, so the, you're rejected all day long. And she claimed to Peg that that uh, she could tell whether the person got it or not before they opened their mouth. Huh. Hmm. So, Melissa, I think, are you reading? Who's reading? Yeah, I, I think it's me. Uh, part of practice, part of any real learning is failing. There is nobody that can learn something flawlessly, not even geniuses. You don't pick up a violin and suddenly start playing. It takes time, practice, and repeated mistakes. Every mistake is a gift because it tells you where there is possibility of improvement. You need to learn through your own experiences and failure. The key to practice is knowing how to recover from the failures knowing how to get knocked down, roll over with the force of being kicked down, and come back up on your feet again and again and again. That's practice. That's the process that finally brings us to the point of breaking through. That, in and of itself, is enlightenment. That's what it means to be human. Not minding the mud is our practice. In the last line of the koan, Sao Zhu returned to the assembly and said, I've checked out that old woman for you. The footnote says, now the whole assembly has grown horns. <coughs> the horn here is the rhinoceros horn of great doubt, always a necessary ingredient of practice. So that's other things I was reading too, that that we don't know what Sao Zhu um, thought and that's why that that one statement about was a little weird because it seemed to suggest that he did know i think the next is milan because we missed milan okay thank you thanks the commentary asks if the old woman's eye was really open why did she say go straight ahead that's a question. Go straight ahead. There's an important point here. If her eyes, if her eye was really open and she really knew the way to Mount Tai, really knew the way to wisdom, we knew what was pure and undefiled. Why could she say go straight ahead? <laughs> How else could it be said? But the commentary can. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Where in the commentary talks about the eye? It doesn't. In the translation we read, it doesn't talk about the eye of the woman, right? Hmm. I mean, maybe I think it was. It was somewhere. Maybe at the end we can go there. If the old man's eye, if the old woman's eye was really open, why did she say go straight ahead? Then again, if she did not have an eye, why did she say, my dear reverend, you go off like that? You too go off like that. If you're able to see clearly how Zhao saw through the old woman, <coughs> then you will also see the old woman's saw through Zhao Zhou as well. But say, what is it that Zhao Zhou saw? 
If you can take a bite out of this point, then I will concede you have eaten the full meal. Yeah, but I was asking in the con, not in the commentary. Oh, there's nothing about the the eye. There's nothing, right? I don't think so, no. Okay. Well, well there is lots of what is in commentaries. There is no, like, like completely. I'm sorry, what, what Ksenia, I didn't get that. I'm just I'm just saying there is so much in the commentaries which is not in koan. Yeah. Like, yeah. It really expands the koan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, who should read now? Me. Okay. Uh, the commentary the comment continues. Yeah, the commentary continues. Then again, if she did not have an eye, that is, if she was not realized. Ah, okay. If she was not realized, okay. Why did she say, "My dear Reverend, you too go off like that"? She gave him instructions that are essentially wrong. They might be the right physical directions to Mount Tai, but they are the wrong instructions about the truth. Shall I direct myself toward it or not? If you direct yourself toward it, you move away from it. Why? I mean... So if she was like the the eye here, as it's like if she was realized or not realized, yes. Mm. So so then it's not about the way physical way. Then it's about well, actually the 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 uh, how the symbolism of Mount Tanshine is like because it's so grand and. Uh, mm, it's like a big goal um, mm -hmm. so and it, it actually in the many poetry and um, lots of poetry I mean sorry for my English today uh, in lots of poetry they, they're using uh, Mount Tenshine uh, as, as the symbol of something um, like high goal highest goal in life in in um, in normal life and not uh, Buddhist life, yeah. But I thought that in the Buddhism also they might be in China. They could use it as a highest goal of Buddhism, no, like realization. Then, hmm. if if she here the same commentary continues. Then again, if she didn't have an eye, that is, if she was not realized. So, so then Koan is. I see now it's different. Like then. Uh, what is woman? Woman could be what your inner wisdom, or who, who else, or who you asking? Where is the path? Like, if the path to the highest goal I'm taking, is it the right direction I'm taking this my walk to the path? No? Something like this. Mm. Nice. So, so like in art training, the one who follows the instructor completely is not going to get very far. Did you have that experience, Milan? Mm -hmm. You know, that person might become uh, like an illustrator or something, but they're never going to do very much original work. Crafts, craftsman, not an artist. Even. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they would write copy for advertisements and, yeah, but not be a poet. Hmm. Okay, who's reading now? Me? I think so. The fact that she chided the monast monastics for following these directions says something about her clarity. That's the iron she wielded. <coughs> The commentary goes on to say, 
If you are able to see clearly how Zazo saw through the old woman, then you will also see the old woman through Zazo as well. Uh, Ksenia, you, you suggested the old woman is not necessarily a woman, but, but a part of... Yeah, I mean, could it be something, um, something, something, not someone, but something? Yeah, I like that. Like Most wisdom or something, I don't know. Yeah. What, what, uh -huh. That the old woman saw through, how did the old woman see through Zazo? All you have is the information included in this koan. How could it be that Zazo saw through her and saw through him and she saw through him? <coughs> Seeing through is a critical part of what you learn in Zen training. It is the ability to probe the, and I guess symbolically having an eye is, is being able to see through like that. It's the ability to probe the depths of a person's understanding without giving them a five-page examination about Buddhist philosophy. It is able to discern clarity of mind by the way a person deports himself, walks, talks, and lives their life. Seen through, not by the content of the answers to questions, but by the dialogue itself. Seen through is seen where the mind is moving and when an action is truly spontaneous. And Melissa? It is important for all of us to learn to be truly ourselves. When we start becoming who we really are and stop hiding in postures and behind masks, that's when the significant transformations begin to take place and things begin to change. Then the commentary poses another question. What is it that Zazu saw? We have only the barest facts here, but it is enough for you to see how they saw through each other. So what is it they saw? Imagine yourself back at Zazu's monastery. By this time, he was over a hundred years old. He was a serious Zen master who had been practicing since he was 18 years old. He was deeply reserved. His no, reputation... revered, revered. Oh, revered, revered, thank you. His reputation reached through China. One monastic said, this old woman did a particular thing, a peculiar thing. Zazu volunteered, wait here, I'll check her out for you. Off he went. The monastics were all waiting and talking. I wonder what he's going to find out. I think she's enlightened. I didn't think she's in, I don't think she's enlightened. No, she must be enlightened or she would have. Yeah, but if she was enlightened... <laughs> back and forth then he comes back and they all fall silent waiting well they ask i've checked out that old woman for you that's all but what is that Zhu saw the commentary says if you can take a bite out of this point then i will con concede that you have eaten the full meal. If you see that one point, if you see that one point, you will see the totally of the koan with all it's the, the, the totality. Totality, thank you. Of okay. the koan with all its permutations and combinations. You will also see what Wuxu finally understood in terms of principle and phenomenon completely merging. The caping, the caping verse. Cap, capping. Capping. Before the question is asked, you have already arrived. Before taking a step, you are already home. The point I mean, this was this was Dogen's whole question, lifetime question. Why do we sit if we're already enlightened? Why do we need to do anything? So I think it's related to that. Before mm -hmm. taking a step, you are already home. Mm -hmm. Okay, go on. 
Maybe that's why it's called realization. We just need to realize it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that we already yeah. there. Okay. There you go. There you oh, go. so here, here we're going to the same thing. Okay, so read on. And also, it makes sense with the three steps forward, three steps back. Yeah. Good yeah. point, Nanya. Thank you. But you need to take those steps, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The poem points to our intrinsic Buddha nature. It is making the same point that Master Dogen makes when he insists that the process of practice is not something that propels you to enlightenment. Practice is enlightenment itself. It is home itself. It is having arrived itself. Each one of us is born a Buddha and dies a Buddha. Some may realize the truth, truth some may not. They, whether, whether we do or don't makes, ah, whether we do or don't makes a big difference. Are we going to make the journey in fear and anguish, filling our lives with anger and anxiety? Or will we journey freely and easily? We inherently know how to do it. We are born with all the equipment necessary to be free, to realize ourselves, to transform our own lives, and to assist others in the transformation of their lives. So why don't we do it? Many of us think that it is enough to place ourselves in the environment of Zen practice and that in itself, and that in itself will cause a magical transformation. Many people won't, wouldn't even go that far and will spend their lives deliberating about whether or not to practice. There are others who find their way here, but as soon as the temperature of the furnace goes up, they disappear. Still others stick to form doing the external part of practice. They look good, but are they really, but are really not engaging? When sitting is only a limitation of a Buddha, it shows. Oh, maybe it's not limitation, imitation, sorry. When sitting is only an imitation of a Buddha, it shows. You yourself will know that it shows. Every step along the way is important and it and is transformative. It's not just the breakthrough. It's every step. Keep that in mind and take very seriously each moment of your practice, each precious instant of your life, not just when you are sitting cross-legged in Zazen. Each movement of your day is an opportunity. Each moment, to, moment, each moment, moment. Sorry, each moment of your day is an opportunity to bring yourself home to the reality that you live in. It's no small thing to get in touch with that. Getting in touch with it is getting in touch with our own lives and getting in touch with the Buddha. Wow. Yeah. 